Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Black Party. Rebranding the show. I'm your host, Mike Wall. Thanks for watching. If you're enjoying, hit that subscribe button on our Process to Perform channel. Check me out at MikeWall16 on uh, X, Process to Perform on Instagram. Our show is always sponsored by Bet Online. The game's set. We have our matchup. Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. We got everything you want. The player performance props, I think, especially at, at, at the Super Bowl week. We'll talk about this a little bit more. But head online uh, today. Head on. Head to Bet Online today to stay updated on all the action. Bet Online where your game starts. I think the one of the best things about the Super Bowl, like if you're not into either team, if you're just a fan of football, is the player performance props, the coin flip, how long. All of that stuff, it turns – it like this is the, the – for whatever reason, this is the one game where I find all of that incredibly amusing. Um, I don't even know who's playing the halftime. I really don't care. I think Usher maybe. But it's going to be a good game. We've got a great matchup between, obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, reigning Super Bowl champs and now the San Francisco 49ers because the 49ers won – the NFC Championship. That's the game we're going to break down versus the, the uh, Detroit Lions 34-31. What a game. Of the two, I mean, really just an entertaining football game. Detroit lead to get the ball first, go down. Um, we're going to watch tape on it and break down really what happened. This game was about uh, – there's a couple trends in this game that I think that maybe go unnoticed by some other groups. Main themes of the day for me, basics. Like, the Detroit Lions lost this game. We could talk about all the decision-making. and like, They have to talk about that. There's no the decision making. There's nothing you can argue about there. The Detroit Lions are who they are. They've been going through it. That's Dan Campbell's MO since he started talking about biting off kneecaps uh, in his first press conference. Dan's, that's the kind of guy Dan is. That's the kind of player he is. It's the kind of position coach he was. It's the kind of, you know, when I was on his, on his staff in the Miami Dolphins when he was the interim head coach, that's the kind of guy he is. That's who he's going to be. That's the, the culture and the makeup of their team. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. He had the decision to not go for it down on fourth down. Uh, at the end of the half, they decided to kick the field goal. That's a decision. You don't argue with that decision. That's the decision they made. That's as, as conservative he's going to get. You know, the one decision to run the football on third down towards the end of the game is he had to waste a timeout. Again, that's a, that's a play that they've scored a ton of a play. David Montgomery's in the game. They've been able to run the football. That's a play that they're pretty confident they're going to get into the end zone. They end up kind of blowing the down block. I think that was Reynolds who blew the down block on the safety. So you see through make the play, they have to um, they have to expend a timeout, which means if they don't get their um, if they don't get the onside kick, game's over. So that's a tough play. Uh, they end up scoring the next play, so it doesn't matter. But really, when you start thinking about this game, like why did you lose this game? Let's just keep it as simple as possible. Why did you, there's two reasons you lost this game? One, you dropped some passes. There was at least four I can recall. Uh, two by Josh Reynolds. One in the end zone, a couple first, a couple plays that would convert to first down, like third down drops. You know, obviously had the two fourth down plays where if they catch the ball, you look really good on the first one. The second one, Eric Armstead blows the play up with the TT game. Here's the thing that nobody's talking about. You missed 16 tackles in this game. So when I used to consult with teams about tackling, 
I remember I went to a team and literally we were watching it. It was an NFC team, NFC South team. They're playing their opponent. Excuse me. And there was over a hundred yards of yards after contact in that game on missed tackles. Like it makes a huge difference. You missed 16 tackles in a game. I'm going to show a handful of them, but you missed 16. Like Christian McCaffrey has, you know, in, in the flat passes, running game, he probably has 50 yards of extra yardage after contact this week because Detroit just did such a poor job of tackling. Safety's missed at least three tackles each. And when you start looking at, like, we always talk about decisions and the game plan and the coach, and the, but you miss 16 tackles. You're going to lose a football game. That's, it's not hard. Uh, the last thing is I, I think, you know, Brock Purdy vaults to me, my opinion, Brock Purdy, 20 for 31, 267 yards. Obviously had the bad pick where he, I, it, it ends up getting hit, I think, by uh, – oh, who was that? Well, pressure equals picks. We'll show, it on the, we'll show it on the tape by the defensive tackle. But 20 for, thir- uh, 20 for 31, 267 yards, touchdown and a pick. I think it, what he did with his feet in particular, five rushes, 48 yards, twenty-one yard, the long one, the 21-yarder to set up the last touchdown – you start looking at him and go, okay, he's a – first of all, how do we miss on the draft so badly? I read a draft – I had to go reread a draft for it. I, have, I put some of it on the tape. But you just watch this guy and the way he moves, maneuvers in the pocket. He outruns first-round draft pick Jack, Jack Campbell from Iowa, who's a great going to be a great linebacker this league. Flat out outruns him on the 21-yarder. So I don't know – like I don't know where the information was coming from. I guess some guys don't test well, but like the tape couldn't have lied that much. When he was playing, and he's got what forty-seven starts, I think at Iowa State or whatnot. So you start watching this thing, and just goes to show you what an imperfect science, um, or I should say, how many guys fall through the cracks. Maybe not imperfect science, but how many guys fall through the cracks when it comes to the draft process, the evaluation process. You know, obviously, if you can process, if you can mentally process things, you play faster. But I thought his action out of the pocket, his ability to scramble, really separated him. When you look at him versus the versus the, the top top guys in the league now. It's it's impossible not to say that this this guy is is now becoming certainly in the last two games versus the Packers versus the Lions, he's a reason they're winning the football game. And I don't know if you you know a lot of guys I don't know that you would say that uh, about too many too many quarterbacks in this league, quite frankly. Let's just get to it. So one of the reasons I'm doing this show, I started using clip art today. And I, I just wanted to check it out because blah, 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 blah. Let's check it out and see if you guys like it. Eye discipline. We're going to go sequentially in this game. Big thing here is you see uh, Bosa is going to get drawn by the, the puller. And they actually have the receiver trying to block down on him. And he, he, he follows the puller and does such a good job with you know what he thinks is correct that they don't even have to down block. Greenlaw bites on the pull as he should. The only guy really sitting here is Fred Warner, but now they've got leverage, outside leverage from the two guys to turn around and run the uh, on the reverse, and they just can't make plays. you got a convoy of big guys out front. Really, a, I mean, really just a special run, and you just think like, oh, here, if you're a Detroit Lions fan, like my best friend, old coach, He's sitting up in, in just outside of Detroit at this point. He told his family he wasn't going to go to spaghetti dinner with the, with, with the rest of the group. He's going to sit at home, watch the game by himself, enjoy it. The rest of them are Packers fans, I think. 
And uh, I mean, at this point, he, he I think he probably turned off the TV and went for a swim. He thought the game was over. You just love how they did this on this is a third and eleven play. The Detroit Lions, and I, you say this when you watch the Detroit Lions over the last course, like the course of the last maybe a month. Against uh, a number of teams, they lost. If they were if they were losing snaps, it was because they weren't tackling. I think I showed this versus the Dallas Cowboys a month ago. Schematically, they're sound. They play extremely hard. They're just they make tackling mistakes or falling down during route mistakes. But look at this force check. So they bring they bring the uh, they bring the two linebackers. They're running a base defense, or excuse me, I think they have a 3-3 in here right now. Ancelotti's on, on the top there, but they've got – linebackers are going to drop, and all they're really trying to do is stay in front of the sticks here. And they do such a good job of keeping all three guys in front of them, forcing the check down early. Again, Brock Purdy's just trying to get into a rhythm. It's third and 11. But Jack Campbell comes down here and just – absolutely hammers McCaffrey and they just do such a good job early on of dictating tempo being the more physical football team really fantastic third nine play and again I just love the convoy and you see what Panay Sewell you know when they talk about how excited they were coming out of college he was a little bit raw under Hank Fraley he's really you know developed into you know, maybe the premier right tackle in the game really really special guy Big man rolling, and you just see what they just erase these these fellows. Laporte here doing a great job on this Chase Young effort, not a fantastic effort player. But look what Sewell does a number of times this game versus first team all pro Fred Warner. Fred's a great player, but obviously a mismatch. I just think the Lions offensive line was overwhelming. You see the double teams here. Montgomery doesn't score on this play, but you see the surge, particularly between the center and the left guard. Incredible. Now, Purdy is the system quarterback, right? You can't – we talk about – when you talk about who is um, – how a lot of these guys are defined, a lot of the stuff is just comes to, like, can you make off-schedule plays? They obviously made a bunch of them in Green Bay last week and a couple of things he did this week, just finding time with his feet, find people to throw to. Use check, Harvard guy, I love this. Harvard, let's go. Drink it up. Got to love it. Gotta love it. We got two by two. They go motion over to trips. And you see here, as they motion, they decide to bring Ancelotti off the side. So they, I don't know if this is a stun or a, a dog adjustment, or they had this called in the huddle. So we're going to drop back on the, on the corner. And what that does is that leaves McCaffrey in the open space in the flat. I know a tackling guy. Uh, it happens to be me. Do you guys need help tackling? Because I just don't understand. Bad. Campbell, bad. Bad. Cam Sutton, bad. I mean, just, like, come on, guys. You, you, love, the, you love the way they, they, they get to the football, but also you're going, you guys, you're, you know, you're up 14 nothing. All you got to do is tackle the, the ball carrier in, in, in the field of possession, and you're going to win this football game. Backside here, so Ancelotti and and, uh, and McCaffrey, I don't know what kind of beef they have, but you can see them going back and forth all game. Got to fire your gun here. Campbell's reading this play side on the double team, but Ancelotti's just got a fire right there because Campbell's going to get eight up. Doesn't really even want to be part of it. 
you make that contact of the obviously on the on the end zone there. Dre Greenlaw last week did a good job of standing up the running back in the hole. Outside of the football, not so interested. We talked about this pressure equals picks. Now, Aiden Hutchinson is on one for the last couple of weeks, playing really, really high level. We talked about last week with the Green Bay Packers game. Right tackle, right guard for the San Francisco 49ers are susceptible to getting bold. You can collapse the pocket on them. What I loved about this all really all game is Aiden Hutchinson does such a good job of getting to level and then collapsing that pocket. And it ends up helping out the defensive tackle here. They're in a kind of a uh, shifted over set here where everybody's forced on the left side of the center. You got three guys on the left side of the center. They come back over to the right guard and start bullying. But you see Hutchinson is going to bull in now and create that pressure. And so the defensive tackle, like it's just tackle gets his hands on the ball. Malcolm Rodriguez gets the pick. But it's all because Hutchinson doesn't go high. He gets to level and bull rushes in. Something we talked about at length last week when we were doing our matchup show. We got under center. And they got the, the crack toss, but they do it backwards with the with the flick. So they open up to hold the linebackers. Goff flicks out to his left to Gibbs. And there's a couple things here. One, Gibbs is going to make this guy miss. You got to break down a little bit better. He's such a special player. Him and uh, B. John Robinson, I don't know who's one and one A, but B. John Robinson's ama uh, amazing too as far as guys that just came into the league that really make defensive safety secondary guys sweat because you they just, you know, you – Close your eyes and they're gone. Here's what I I just don't understand. Chase Young, I think it was like first, second pick of the draft at Ohio State. And, you know, when you watch him, he's just not the – he's such a freak athlete. Like, he, he looks – like, physically, you just go, what an imposing figure. But the pass rush hasn't developed. Like, when you watch his technique, the, how high he is, it, it looks like he doesn't put – I don't know the guy at all. But you see this, you see the effort on some of the pursuit stuff, and you just go, man, really? Like, this is what you're bringing to the table? This is the big trade? I mean, that's crazy. From a commander standpoint, you start looking at it and go, got to feel pretty good about that trade. You've got some good draft picks coming up. Panay Sewell again pulling around, and you see the vision. He's got Greenlaw, both safeties coming down, corners being already being blocked. And Greenlaw just decides, like, okay, I think I'll run around and get a better pursuit angle here. I'll let 27 take the brunt of this. You know, this reminds me of something that I always talk about because the draft's coming up. Don't sleep on speed. For all the strength coaches, the old offensive line coaches that say, hey, the 40 doesn't matter to the offensive lineman. You name me an offensive lineman who runs a sub-540 that's not good. Or a 320-pound guy who runs like a 5-0, who's not a good player in the National Football League. Like, speed matters. It, it it is a great proxy for overall athleticism, fast switch. These guys are athletes. They train like athletes. This guy's an absolute unit. Look at him moving out there. And what it allows a guy like that to do, and what's so exciting, I think, what people, why, like, Panay Sewell isn't getting, he's not getting um, first team all pro because he's a good pass pro guy. He is, but that's not why he's getting first. He's getting first or second team all pro. Like him and Lane are gonna are probably gonna bounce that back and forth for a while now. Because he is so physically dominant, so powerful, so explosive, so violent in the run game that it jumps off the screen. And you don't need to get like uh, some stat guy or some blah, blah. 
I'm just when you watch it, it pops off the screen, but it's the power development and that is manifested in, in a large, large way in his ability to produce force and get a fast 40 time. So guys out there, when you're watching the 40s in linemen, they think that it doesn't matter. It matters. It matters. If you're good at it, draft him. Zach Tom, draft him. Look at the window here. I love when they throw into this box of like four guys. Obviously, they're not all covering, but zone defense. Jared Goff, when he sets his feet, he just picks guys apart. We're going to show how this play plans out. I'm Ross A. Brown, such a good player. So they, they run the switch release here. And what they're really going to do is they're going to run the clearance and make sure that uh, Brown leaves with the clear. And that just kind of really frees up Amaral St. Brown to have to cross Fred Warner's face. And Fred's not going to be able to – I mean, they're in zone and they match late on the high safety. So Fred's not going to follow him across here as, as if they're manned up. And if they are, it's a mismatch. So Ben Johnson does another great job of getting a play call. We got fourth and goal here. This is one of the decisions that nobody talks about, but it is something they can think about. Look, it's fourth and goal. They're up 21-7. They take the points. Could they go up 28? They're only on the, I think, yard and a half line here, right? So this is the right decision, but it also isn't necessarily on brand with what the Lions do. Like, they could have gone up 28. If they go up 28-7 here, is the door closed? Probably. So we get second half here. And this is the stuff, like, nobody talks about this play. You need Hunt and Hammer, tackling system. Like, happy to sell it to you guys. This is what lost you the game. You got Debo Samuel, who just runs a hitch. There's nobody even blocking for him. All you got to do is make a tackle. And he ends up getting a first down or darn near it. And it's those plays over and over and over that cost people games. It's just that hidden yardage that nobody wants to discuss. I just put this play in here. I mean, what a ridiculous – like, it breaks every rule that you're supposed to follow. But what a great throw and catch, man. That was real special. Critical sequence here. So you got third and four. And everyone's talking about all oh, the lines only ran it eight times in the second half. Well, you know, play clock, the, the time of possession changed, right? They had a couple big plays in the run game. They also had some ones they got stoned on first down. So things change during the course of the game. It's not as easy as everybody thinks. By the way, these teams adjust at halftime. You know, the defensive for San Francisco 49ers are going to adjust their, their play at halftime. Like they're going to be a little bit better. Here's something that happens, though. It's third and four. So you think they're running for first down. They've had so much success. Fred Warner absolutely hammers running back here. I mean, he just, like, ends his day. Okay, they did this a couple times at Green Bay yesterday. Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw are the real deal. So now it's fourth and two. They make their first decision to go for it. Completely on brand. Absolutely the right call. And Bosa does a Bosa thing. And just, you know, usually with Bosa, he lines up. Let me go back here. So Bosa's in his left-handed stance, left foot back, okay? So he's on the left tackle. So it's he's going to do a uh, first steps left, left foot, right? And so he's got right now, if his second step isn't inside, he's going high. 
So if on his second step, if he doesn't go inside, he's going high now. The tackle has to know that because what that means is he's not going to attack you now to his fourth step. One, two, three, four. On that fourth step, you can keep kicking and push out. He does a great job of, of doing the double swipe rip underneath, right? But really, Decker's sitting on something that's not going to happen. This is why you watch film. Because on his fourth step, when his left foot, left hand's down, if he's not on his second, he's going to be on his fourth. As far as attacking, it, he's going upfield, he's going to try to run the corner. Gets him to step up. Doesn't really matter. Still has a play to be made. We just have a drop pass. Now, this is the difference in having Debo Samuel. Obviously, there's some things he does with the ball. Here's the difference between having Debo Samuel and not having Debo Samuel. The Detroit Lions are focused on Debo right here. So the safety that you see at the yellow, at the yellow line on the 45-yard line, they're playing like a cover three, but he's going to sit on Debo. So as they air this ball out, he's been sitting on, on, on this and, and turned this into a man-to-man, a one-on-one throw. So what usually is the rule for these quarterbacks when they've got their number one receiver, Brandon Ayuk, versus anybody, hey, if he's even, I'm throwing it, right? If it's close, I'm going to throw. I'm going to give him a shot, to, a chance to make the play. If that safety is bit on the dig route, the deep dig by Debo, well, let's let it rip and see what happens. And, you know, series of unfortunate events here for the Lions – Hits him in the face mask, get down to the one-yard line. And then they just run. I'll show you the routes here. So they're going to run a little shake right here on the on the top, on the the top bottom here with Ayuk. They clear out going across the field. They run McCaffrey out to the flat to bring Jack uh, – I think that's Campbell, the middle linebacker, out to chase him. And really they're just going to focus on the safety. Purdy's got to beat the safety here. And he's got eyes on two guys. So he's going to see the, the, the receiver cross his face. And then Ayuk kind of disappears here a little bit with a shake and comes at – Comes up high side on the outside leverage corner, shake, and then back up. And then all he has to beat him right here. So if the safety's in the middle of the field because he's been looking at that, that man crossing his face, plays over. Purdy's got plenty of arm there to get rid of the football. Again, these designs are not, I don't think they're new to the NFL. It's just, it's, it's always interesting to figure out, um, you know, the game between what you think they're going to be playing and the call and the adjustments that you have, and then what they actually show up in when it works, beautiful. So this play is doomed from the start, and I'll show this from two different angles. The most important one is this, though, basics. You're taking the handoff with the wrong arm up. I mean, you're going to – right now, you're screwed. I mean, this is high school one-on-one. I don't know what happened here. If Goff opens the wrong way, Jamar Gibbs is probably the one that – you're guessing the, the, the rookie is the one making the mistake. Watch Fred Warner here with Panay Sewell, by the way. That's rough. But Gibson comes in and makes a fantastic play on the football. Again, doomed from the start just the way he took the handoff. We'll show this from the other angle. And this happened a couple times in this game. You have some you have some receivers with the Detroit Lions who take a lot of pride uh, in, in blocking, whether it's obviously Amaral St. Brown. Here, this is Josh Reynolds, Jameson Williams. Reynolds misses this. He doesn't do a good job of getting down through this block because he has to fight through the safety. And instead of just, you know, this is what we call a car crash, right? You just want to, you rip through the outside guy and you just make a hard left turn and you just put your head down and you go helmet uh, play side and hit the guy as hard as you can. And it's just a car accident. It's okay. It's not going to be a pretty block. 
but you're not breaking down. You're just having a – let's have a car accident right here and just see what happens, all right? He tries to break down and make the play. 31 comes in, knocks the ball loose. Obviously, they score on this drive here with McCaffrey coming through. And all of a sudden, you get yourself a football game. And this is what happens when you got a you got a team versus really really talented guys. Now to the to the group that says, well wait a second, the Detroit Lions you know didn't run the football enough, so now we showed the third and four, okay? They get absolutely stonewalled by by uh, Wagner. Now it's first and ten. Let's reset. It's 24-24, third quarter, ton of time left in the game. We've been dominating the ball. Let's run reset. Well, left guard gets blown off the line of scrimmage. Uh, Chase Young kind of swims over the, the backside tight ends block. Ends up making the play for no gain. So you got second and 10. Second and 10 comes in. And this is, again, this is another critical sequence. So safety comes down, and they're just kind of robbing this play and hits the porter right as he catches this football, knocks it out. Gibson had a couple plays like this, you know, in the second half where you just, I mean, the big hit, obviously, for the tackle. This is the very, very next series. These are huge plays in the game. So now you got third and 10. And let me go back and show you guys the routes combinations here. Again, we're using clip draw here for the first time, so I'm doing my best. But what we're really trying to focus on is the two guys in the blue cone. We're isolating, so we run the go up top. We're gonna run the crosser, and then we're gonna and then we're gonna run the shallow cross underneath it. But it takes a little bit longer, right? So it's like it's two levels, and it's also two different times that these guys are dragging across the middle of the field. But we have the free release. I think that's this is Reynolds in the blue. And it's just a situation where. Third and 10, Goff makes the throw, got to make the catch. So we've seen a couple drops already even on this drive. I need to reread his draft profile. We saw the Lamar Jackson kind of Houdini moves that, that were in the first game where he's trying to win, win the game for his team on some free rushers coming through trying to go high. This is the difference between not being able to go low on these quarterbacks, right? You go low on this quarterback, game's over, but you go high. And, and you know, let's not get it mixed up here. McCaffrey – gets flat out beat on this play. And this stuff happens. But, you know, your court, you whiff on him. Your quarterback's got to make you look good here. And then just throws a great pass. I think this is Kittle on the sideline. I mean, on so many levels, that's a special play. Not a lot of guys in the NFL are making that play just from a balance and elusive, uh, like the ability to be elusive standpoint. I, I just, again, it's so perplexing sometimes when you see. And listen, like Tom Brady was drafted late. There's there's some guys that just you miss on, right? Um, and sometimes it just happens enough where you go, man, I don't. Maybe we need to rethink how we're drafting these guys. So we got under center. They're going to run like the old kick play. But they're doing it out of a bunch formation, which I think is genius, right? So usually when you see this, there's two tight ends on the side. But when I say kick, they're going to kind of wash everybody down. And they want to put McCaffrey on the outside corner. And they're going, McCaffrey's going to at least get five yards because he's going to run through that arm tackle. Maybe there's a big play available here. When that guy has to come down and play inside or outside in leverage, 
it kind of opens that corridor for McCaffrey to run. They do it out of a bunch look. And so it's almost like the, the tight end starts. They've got Juszczyk come in and clean up on the linebacker. And then the receiver is just kind of playing piggyback. And you can make sure there's no leakage. So they have, you see the surge on the, on the top of the screen here as far as the line. And he just puts his foot in the ground. Really he's got this one guy to beat and run through. Corner doesn't really even give him any looks, so the safety's got to come down and make the play, talking about Kirby Joseph. Corner doesn't want any part of that action, and that's why they run the kick play. But great formation to run it out of. You don't see that too often. So you see here, Purdy's initial flat, Ancelotti's got him. And so now, because they see, he feels the looper coming up, he sees the hole, and again, there's a difference between, you know, having pocket presence, um, being good at a 40, and then, like, being able to weave through this traffic at the kind of at the level he's playing right now. I mean, this is – that's not just the, the most um, simplistic route to a first down. So they end up getting a field goal there. Critical sequence alert here, guys. So they get the run on the first down. They run the toss crack. They get the lineman out convoy. And that's really been kind of the, maybe the best play they had as far as uh, uh, what they're going to do schematically. We saw it last week with the, the 49ers defensive ends. It was actually much easier to crack block them with wide receivers than everybody thought it might be given the, given their kind of their status in the National Football League because they're long stances. They want to get upfield. Detroit Lions took a page from that book and, and definitely was were very successful with the crack blocks using wide receivers. So they get down, huge play here. So first down, and then we go into the fourth quarter. They're down three again, and we run the flea flicker. Okay, and a lot of people are going, and I'm kind of one of them. I would rather you just get another first down run here. I you understand it though. With ben, Ben's been so successful, and they, he's called these you know such great plays and. To be fair, this play hit. He just dropped the ball. But not the conservative me, but the lineman in me goes, you know, we're the best, like the best unit on this football team is this offensive line. And David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, like that combination, that's that's the best thing we got going. Especially against the, the Niners defense. Like that's the Niners defense is susceptible, especially in nickel, to being run on. So that's what I want to – you want to attack. And so we go flea flicker here. And, you know, to be fair, this play is – I mean, you're this close from this thing hitting, and it's 31-27. But now they go and they have to make another decision, fourth and three, and they run a, a, a TE stunt. One, and then you see Eric Armstrong is going to come around, so they do a great job of picking the center here. So Frank Red – you got to remember, Jonah Jackson's out of the game, left guard, okay? So what does that mean? That means that Frank Ragnow, the center, is usually expecting a, a really strong kind of punch down on this game. He turns a little bit too much, but we don't really get a good punch down. You see that the left guard here is already kind of body shifted to his right, so he doesn't have power to, to stop that, that, uh, that rush from 98. Armstead comes around, and now you got Goff on the move. If, you're, if Goff's moving uh, east and west, he's no good to you. This isn't what he excels at at all. He really has no play to be made there, to be fair. 
but you get him off the spot. I mean, that's always if you if his feet are set, he's one of the best guys to deliver the football. If his feet aren't set, you got a problem. And so what we have now is we got matchup city. So we got man coverage across the board. You got two guys in the backfield. We went motion, and that really means that Ancelotti's or excuse me, Jack Campbell's covered up on Brock Purdy, who he's not spying here. But he's kind of spying. But we know that Purdy's a limited athlete. Now, this is interesting only because this is one of the few, this is, you know, later in the game, they have to make some uh, adjustments on defense because Purdy has been scrambling. So they, okay, we're going to rush four. Let's make sure that quarterback doesn't scramble for the first down. Hutchinson, again, watch 97. He's bull rushing the right tackle, he's creating the pressure, and he's collapsing the pocket. And somehow he doesn't make the play here. Purdy makes the play, gets past him, and now runs around. I think that was Ancelotti, not Campbell. That's me. Ancelotti for on the way to. This is his game for the the, the day. What was his? What, was, what did I say his long game was? Twenty one yards, and it sets up this next big run by McCaffrey. You look down at the bottom. And you have this two tight end look. And now instead of running the kick where we're collapsing everything down, we're going to run this double. And this is something that, you know, if you're a Packers fan, you've been kind of looking at how that team got a little bit better. I think these tight ends, now Kittle can block anybody. But now you've got a tight end and a wing tipped off and they're allowed to combo slip, whatever you want, you guys want to call this, scoop this. But you get, you get four hands on the down defensive end. You take care of him. And you're going up to a corner outside leverage play guy who's going to play soft anyways. So it gives the, the tight ends a lot of time to secure that first man on the line of scrimmage. It also gives the opportunity for the tackle and the guard on that side to take care of that three technique up to that linebacker. You see the linebacker fires his gun. And this is really just all about angles of pursuit. Safety's got to make a choice here. Right now, he thinks the corner is going to have outside leverage which he does, but he takes the wrong angle of pursuit. When you fire your gun sometimes and you try to run underneath a McCaffrey type, right? If McCaffrey doesn't have to cut back now, you're out of luck. So McCaffrey has one of his, another missed tackle, one of the better runs of the day. Ends up, I think, hurting himself right there. But it leads to a 34-24 uh, game which, quite frankly, I was happy with because I had made some bets when it was a nine-and-a-half-point spread. And they go down, make the decision to run on third, call the timeout, get the fourth down touchdown, blow the spread up, onside kick, Kittle recovers, game over. Long story short, uh, Niners win the game. I lose my bets. All is not lost, though. Because there's so much action over the next couple of weeks. The prop bets. This I don't even know what the spread has started for this game. Let me check it out real quick. I have to imagine. I have to imagine the Niners are favored here. Uh, yeah, the Niners are favored by a point and a half. Kansas City's at home. Over-under is 47 and a half. Sounds about right. You think the Niners are going to be able to – we'll do a preview show on, on this game next week before the Super Bowl. 
Uh, give me some feedback on this, whether you guys like the, the, the clip draw, new way to look at it. Um, find me at Michael68 on, on, on X, Twitter, Process of Perform on Instagram. Going to work on some other stuff here, but this is Block Party. This is the format. We're going to do a lot more uh, game analysis breakdown. We're going to do a lot more individual player breakdown. Um, so if you guys have ideas, people you want to see, whether it's uh, upcoming draft guys, whether it's guys guys that are on your team, possible free agents, let me know. I'll see if I can put some stuff together for you. Until the next time, have a fantastic week. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.